You're listening to South Bend Beat, produced by Alpha Dog Podcast. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Iris Hamill and Leslie Pinson. This is Iris' first time on the show. We talked about her background growing up on a farm in Wisconsin uh, before coming to the South Bend area. And we talk about RISE, which is the parent program for Startup Moxie and the Applied Entrepreneurship Program. And for Leslie, this is her third time on the show. And we just get updated on what she's been doing. It's been about a year and a half since we've heard from her. Uh, We talk about her new podcast, which is out now. Go download it called Off the Deep End in the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Um, And we talk about her involvement in Startup Moxie with Iris. And this week, like every other week, our episode is brought to you by Martin's Supermarkets. Be sure to go check them out, whether you're at the deli, um, you know, they have all kinds of specials going on every week. You can do the Martins to go where you can just shop online um, and get it picked up. Uh, and they even have some super fast pickup options now. So be sure to check them out. Martin Supermarkets they are all over the city and you can check them out at martins-supermarkets.com. Enjoy this week's episode with Iris Hamill and Leslie Pinson. Welcome back to another episode of South Bend Beat, presented by Martin Supermarkets. We have two guests today. We have Woo-woo! recurring guest <laughs> Leslie Pinson for the Hey-o. third time. Yes, third. Third time. Yep. We have Iris Hamill for yeah. the first time. Podcast newbie. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get right into it, so let's start with the newbie. Let's go yeah, to Iris. Yeah, see. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Give us a little bit of background. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so fourth generation family farmer. Uh, I think that actually is really important for people to know. I mean, I grew up in a family that we just work is fun to us. And so it's hard for me sometimes to not work. Um, but yeah, my husband and I moved to South Bend in November of 2014 for his job. I was running our company full time. Wasn't really anticipating going back into the work, going to work for anybody else. Um, Our company is called Teach Me 3D, and we do online video resources for teachers to teach their kids how to use really advanced 3D modeling software. Um, But I was running the business. We got it launched in uh, 2013. I was kind of running it full-time, but I was kind of bored at that point when we moved here because all the fun front-end heavy lifting was done, and it was now customer service. And that's (laughs) not my – I mean, not that I don't like customer service, but, like, I need – I like big, heavy – audacious projects. And so um, Larry Tony, my boss now, heard about my background. I had started an entrepreneurial middle school in Wisconsin, and he really wanted to bring entrepreneurship education to our region and heard about me. I met with him and immediately was like all in for his vision. I drove to Effingham, Illinois, which is the modeled program we were kind of looking at bringing here. Um, Before I accepted, I just got in the car, drove four hours to Effingham the day after we closed on our house in South Bend. I'm like, honey, I'm leaving. (laughs) Got to go check this thing out. And when I got down there, the executive director, um, who has since passed, just an incredible man named Craig Linball. And I felt like I found my tribe. Like he and I were connected spiritually the way I feel like Leslie and I have that connection where it's like, they just get it, right? They understand human transformation from a whole different level. And entrepreneurship is such a great vehicle to do that work with students. And so I immediately said yes. I was technically part-time, <laughs> and I use that in quotations, because um, we, we had a very short window of time to get all the schools in the county to let somebody that's new to this region run a program outside of their school. They would send their students to us. We would get them high school credit get them college dual credit and, you know, just try something with us. And so 
Um, it was a lot of positive persistence. There were a lot of politics between different school corps that I was picking up on. I was brand new to this region and ecosystem. <laughs> jumped right in. And um, didn't know anybody. <laughs> and so in conjunction with really getting um, businesses on board and entrepreneurs on board to be speakers and tours and everything that kind of makes the magic of the program, also getting school personnel convinced that they should send their students to me. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we started with a, a cohort of 20 students, 20 incredible students um, from seven different school corps that first year. And businesses like Gibson and Damon Products and the File Innovation Center, that, that was our classroom. Like I literally ran class out of my car um, the first two years. So I mean, schlepping stuff left and right. I mean, I mean, the back of my car still looks actually like it looks then. Um, but, you know, they gave, you know, Leslie this morning, we had a situation where I needed to get into the Studebaker building and <laughs> Kevin Smith answered the phone so we could do that. But like, that's how we started. I mean, companies, scrappy, scrappy like yeah. these businesses would let me into their businesses. They'd give me a key fob, you know, to get in so my students could have what they needed. And without that and the community support, like this would not go. Can I jump in too? Like I actually love hearing you tell this story. I mean, I've known you for years, but like hearing you tell it now in this way is like super awesome. But you're talking about the grittiness of this startup teaching entrepreneurship, which is what happens when you're starting a business. Yes. You're scrappy. Yeah. There's grit. Well, and that's part of like what's baked into the program that I love so much about this is like the fact that we're on our toes all the time and things are always changing. Like that keeps me grounded as a facilitator in entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. you know, constantly having to think on your feet and change and adjust and in fact you know I love our beautiful space that we have now in Catalyst One I mean it's incredible it's so nice to have all of our resources in that home there is an element though that's missing from what we had in those first two years where sometimes we didn't know where we were going to be you know <laughs> it was like we're heading to the park kids it's nice enough wear a jacket like bundle up <laughs> we're we're going outside and that is an element of teaching that doesn't have to come from me as an instructor. It comes from the nature of how something's designed. And so yeah. there's a lot of work like that in how we run our programs that I think are very nuanced and unknown to the greater public. You know, when they think of us, they probably think, oh, it's just a, it's a wonderful high school class. It's, it's a curated experience for these mm -hmm. kids to really, truly immerse them in an entrepreneurial existence. And that means sometimes we don't even have it figured out and we figure it out together. And um, that's what I just love about it. So it takes a unique kind of craziness to be okay with that. One thing I've loved about working with Leslie is, you know, she is so good at being present and like listening to the kids and really meeting them where they're at individually on a, on a daily minute by minute basis and responding to that. And that's when the magic happens, you know, is when we, change what we thought we were going to do you know Monday we had a plan to do x but man we listened and this is what they're picking up on and we got to dive on that we got to mm -hmm. keep you know pushing that door open because it's going to take them to a greater place than we ever imagined and these kids are just so cool you know and if you yeah. just listen and you let them shine you know mm -hmm. they they will blow you away and so it's not giving them a rubric to tell them you're gonna do X, Y, Z to get an A. It's it's show opening, up as yourself. Show up as yourself, yeah. and it's like opening. It's listening to them and letting them kind of guide where mm -hmm. things go. And that's a really scary place to be as a facilitator, but it's such a fun place to be. Um, yeah, because we're we have a process and we know where they're going, and they're you know they're obviously learning how to start their own companies, but they're learning how to be entrepreneurial minded positive contributors to society and we also kind of run it like well at least I do like you know early on time like if you're not here yeah. at 7 30 yeah, yeah, you're fired I'm the softie yeah like if your work is late it's a zero like I don't care what happened like I'm not your mom I'm not you know I'm not gonna chase you around looking for that paper I lean on Iris for the muscle yeah but yeah. it's like we help them understand like I, I think a little bit what the real world is like and how to be successful like you every one of them has innate gifts to be successful from where they're at and if they're people that are inherently late we work with them in personally to yeah. talk through ways like, what is to it? be 
not inherently late, mm -hmm. you know, and changing their mindset. So it's not a one size fits all. That like, took me over 30 years to learn. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And we're yeah. like working with them at 17, 18. It also makes us better people. I will yeah. say that about this program. <laughs> like you cannot not be a better person. Yeah. Because you got to show, you got to model it for them. Mm -hmm. You can't be telling them to show up early and then not be ready, yeah. you know, when they're coming in. So. So I don't know if you mentioned it. Where did you move from? Oh, uh, moved from Wisconsin. Is that uh, where you grew up? Yep, grew up in western Wisconsin in a very small town. Um, went to college in kind of central Wisconsin. I actually moved to Alaska after college because um, I really wanted to backpack, but I couldn't afford to go there without getting a job. Um, <laughs> so How was that? It was incredible. I worked in Denali National Park, but a, a being oh. myself, I went at a very like low level job in the park just so I could have a lot of time off to hike and then very quickly got myself promoted to manager of, of the Riley Creek Mercantile because I can't help myself. <laughs> um, so then I didn't have much time off <laughs> and only got to do like <laughs> You were hiking. <laughs> you were working all yes. the time. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't this help. Is, the first time I've heard this and it's incredible and it's so you. <laughs> I know. I can't help myself. But you know what? Honestly, some of my best memories came with the diverse group of people I worked with. There was this 87-year-old guy who was retired with his wife um, who lived in a camper, and then there was, oh. you know, like 20-year-old college kids, and it was such a cool, diverse group of, like, misfits um, at this place. So I did get a couple of backpacking trips in. <laughs> I got chased by a moose. What? That was good. Um <laughs> Enough Love to tell. Yes. Um, about it. But yeah, then I came home to the farm for two weeks because I wasn't sure where to go. What'd you farm? Um, my dad farms dairy, and we have about 2,500 acres, so a lot of crops. And he, he had a herd of beef cattle as well. Um, and I'm so proud of him. He's like one of the only small dairy farms he was able to successfully retire and live mm. he lives now a really beautiful life and mm. um he's a hustler I mean I learned That's everything where, yeah. about I mean but my mom is also like my god is she a workaholic I mean it's just kind of bred into into my genes but my dad I learned all my horse trading abilities from my dad <laughs> so. so are you a milk and cheese snob um, not snob, just like any milk and cheese is good for me. <laughs> so you don't really differentiate between this is good cheese, this is bad cheese. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to buy Kraft Singles. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> never. I don't think. <laughs> that is such a lie. Yeah, never. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Did, so were you an entrepreneur growing up? No, I was the gopher on the farm. So I was the resource gatherer. From the time I can even remember, like three years old, I was the runner. I was, Iris, go get this. Iris, go get that. Iris, Iris, Iris. Like, I had to be resourceful. And kind of do, do, and do, 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 do. And like, like. If, if, I mean, I remember my dad picking me up as a small child, like stuffing me into like <laughs> machines to get my hand in there to like <laughs> grab something or like twist something to fix a thing on the fly and like we were macgyvering stuff I love all MacGyver. the time on the farm because like on the farm you can't run to the store there's no store that's gonna sell the thing you need yeah out in the middle of nowhere man that, hold on you need. thinking about mindset from like that's completely forces you to be out of the box and creative all when the time. you don't have access to everything and yeah. it's not it's not limiting it just forces you to be more creative. Yeah, I honestly think farmers are probably the best example of creative like entrepreneurial. Like, you have to be. It's like innovate or die. Like, yeah. you can't not, you know, do the things you need to do that day if something yeah. breaks down. Like, you have to fix it because it either means your animals aren't going to get fed or taken care of or your crops aren't going to get taken care of when they need it. And if it rains, I mean – make hay while the sun is shining is a, is a term is a for a real, real reason. I mean, my dad would literally sit in the truck or in the the uh, tractor. tractor for like 50 plus hours at a time and we would just bring him food and he would just keep going because he had to get the crops done. And like, that's how we grew up. Like you just make hay while the sun shines and when you have the opportunity. And so I think that's like a huge foundation in like you. who I am. Yeah. Um, and I wish the cheese and the beer wasn't so good. But like, <laughs> I, when I, after Alaska, I moved to, well, came back to the farm, sorry, you know, for two weeks, didn't quite know where to go um, next, and didn't quite feel like Wisconsin. I wasn't ready to, like, call, 
you know, staying there home again and ended up um, looking at a career fair that was happening in Colorado Springs, like my college had mm-hmm. shared with me. Um, cause I really love downhill skiing and I had done a lot in the Midwest, but I'd never been to Colorado and I really, like, I don't know, I just felt drawn. And so there was a career fair happening in Colorado Springs. My dad said if I helped him build two grain bins, he'd pay for my move. So I did that, um, <laughs> packed my car, went to Colorado Springs and then got a, a job with a great company, um, called Pulte Homes. And at the time they were on like Forbes top 100 companies to work for. And my very first sales meeting, um, a curtain revealed a Mercedes Benz that was up for grabs for our sales. Team. Did you win it? No, but my oh. sales partner did. My mentor did, and he was the coolest guy. Martin was like the most anti-sales guy you've ever met. I mean, oh, I like he and I that. would just sit in our office, like when we didn't have customers, of course, just talking about life and you know, big picture. Th- I mean, he's just the coolest guy ever, and I'm like. Martin's all over the world should always win the car. Like, you know, <laughs> he's not schmaltzy. He wasn't. He yeah. just, like, was such a good human person. That's so neat. And, um, yeah, so it was a great experience. But then, um, of course, I started dating one of my best friends from college. We didn't date in college, of course. He was back in Wisconsin. I was in Colorado. We started dating. And eventually it was like, okay, we're doing this. And so this I, is Alex? Yeah. And then, and then married him. Married him. Moved back, <laughs> moved back to Wisconsin to marry him. So. You, like, keep coming back to Wisconsin. I do. It's home, for yeah. sure. Like, that's – those are my people, so. What are – um like, I pick up on a few words that you say, but what are some Wisconsin words? You say something that's, like, a boot, or there's something that you – You bet. You bet. We say you bet a lot. Yeah, there's um, some word that it, we've used so many times in class this week, and I can't remember, oh, but really? I'm always, like – like, <laughs> like, oh, it's that word again that Iris can't I don't know, say but when funny. I was in Colorado, people asked me all the time, are you from Canada? I was like, almost. <laughs> like, Wisconsin. <laughs> What's that, like, um, like, not don't you know, that's, like, nor- that's more like, I mean, Alaska. But there, there's like a lot Dakotas. of... Dakotas? Like, don't D- you know and you betcha? Don't yeah. You betcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's skin, like a, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we, yeah. Hammock? Hammock? Yeah. <laughs> Is that not how you say the word? Hammock. Nope. It's hammock. <laughs> it is hammock. actually spelled with an O, so hammock makes sense. That's how we say it. <laughs> I'm going to think of it. There's a word that you've said like probably 15 times this week, and every time I'm like, oh, I need to write that down. So, Leslie, tell us what you've been up to in the – what's probably been about a yeah, year. Yeah, when was the last time – So you came to promote One idea of the pep rallies? No, oh, idea, idea week. week. It would have been – the year <clears throat> Carbonara was here. Whenever I remember, we talked about that. I think this was was it last year? So it would have been not. You would know this because Iris. <laughs> 20, <laughs> yeah. 2019. 2019. The last week. year it ran. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, so yeah. we're like a year and a half since you've been on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I was still at DTSB at that point. Were you? Because it was pre Idea Week. Yeah, right mm-hmm. after Idea Week, I left okay. my old role. And that story we'll get into when I launch my podcast later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little cliffhanger for you there. But yeah, since then I have launched my own thing. That was about August of last year. I started my company, um, Local Spirit. And essentially I design experiences that connect people to people and people to place. And how this has come to fruition is I have realized that I have a deep passion for connection um, and not surface level connection, but deep, meaningful connection. I think it uh, adds more meaning to your life. It adds more joy. Um, and I am trying to create different opportunities for people to find that connection themselves. So what Local Spirit started as um, is basically I was doing walking tours for groups of like 50 and 60 people. Um, graduate business school students from Notre Dame and taking them off campus during their orientations and walking them around to like my friends who are doing cool things down in uh, the downtown area. So like we'd go to Hammer and Quill and meet JB and Mike and Patrick and we went to the lobber and basically all in Denolf's over on the other side um, all over downtown but it was always kind of within the constraints of orientation so like limited to two hours but y'all it was absolutely incredible 
in the ma in a matter of two hours, you would have all of these students who were new to the area, new to South Bend, who had really no expectations of what South Bend had to offer. By the end of the two hours, my favorite thing, we'd always end at Hammer and Quill, and I would like specifically stand there and hold the door while they would walk in. And it sounds weird talking about being in really large groups of people with the pandemic, but it, it did happen. This was last year, but um, I would stand at the door and watch them walk in. And I just loved hearing their excitement. They'd be like, whoa, or wow, or like they were just audibly surprised and delighted. Like audibly, they were like, wow. Like it was so cool seeing their perception literally shift in a matter of two hours. Um, and we, what was we, so cool. Yeah. Can I interject? We've shortened yeah. that now to yeah. 20 minutes. We yeah, tested can, this can, virtually for our Startup Moxie class. I can hook them in 20 minutes. She can hook them in 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's Yeah, we did. I pitched um, to some students. I'll get into what I'm doing in a second. But um, pitched to the students my new business and how I've pivoted. And literally that same perception change in a matter of 20 minutes. And it's really cool. Because there's here's the thing. There is such cool shit that's happening here in South Bend. There's so much going on. There's so many great people. And that's, yes, it's, and it's not even like the things that are happening, it's the people that are doing the cool mm -hmm. things. And I got to know them in my old job at DTSB and it just wasn't enough. Like I want, like how can I actually help your bottom line with not just creating a story and talking about you and doing a social media post, but what can I do to create something that literally gets people through your front door? Because I know that they're doing such cool things. That's all it takes. I need people to walk into your place of business, realize that you exist, and then I have full faith that you will just do what you are already doing well, and they're going to come back. Because that's, that's just what happens. But it's like people don't know about it, and it's like that I wanted to create something that gets them there. So... So that was how it started last year, but it was one of those things that was kind of interesting. It was like, well, how is this actually scalable? Because I'm one person, and this right now requires me to be doing all of these walking tours, and how does that work if it's snowing outside? So there was some hesitancy as I was kind of thinking at how to grow this business. I wasn't clear in how to bring it forward. And then, you know, 2020 hits, and there's a pandemic. And you can't do anything in groups of people, nor at the time could you like show up to small businesses. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that was fun having a, your own business for <laughs> six months. So time to set it down. Um, and I did. I had this clarity. I knew I needed to set it down because it almost felt like something else was trying to come through. So I set the business down. I'm not even shy about it. I had to do unemployment, and it was a gift. Like, it helped me pay my bills. Um while I was trying to figure out what that pivot would be, if I would even pivot and pick it back up, because I set the business down not entirely sure that I would pick it back up. And it was interesting, in that time, I realized not only do I have a, connect, a deep passion for connecting people to people and people to place, I have a deep passion for connecting people more deeply to themselves. And so this is where like- And a true gift. Oh, thank you and so much. And a true, much, true Iris. gift. But this is where my like, uh, I'm like part MBA, part like super woo-woo mystic. Um, and this is where I've like the pandemic, that side of me has just, oh, oh it's out. <laughs> and I am not even, uh, <laughs> I'm not even ashamed. I am super woo-woo, hippy-dippy, you know, all of it. And um, I started doing energy healing and it wasn't something that I ever in my mind said, I'm going to do energy healing. It just started happening. And then people were showing up somehow finding me. I wasn't advertising it. I wasn't even allowed to charge anybody money, but people were finding me saying, hey, I want to try this. Um, so it felt like it was something I needed to pay attention to. So um, did some additional training around energy healing, but I have realized that I am here to help people who feel blocked, stuck, or disconnected. And I'm, I'm realizing because I've, had, I've spent most of my life feeling disconnected, that connection is so important to me, and I think I'm here to show people how I've found that connection and helping them unblock. So um, did a certification over COVID too. So not only I did another energy training, um, energy healing training, but I, I did a huge investment in myself and I did a mindfulness and um, well-being strategy certification through the uh, United Nations. So I'm certified in that, but that is now 
Coming in my pipeline will be programming for group and one-on-one coaching for adults who do feel blocked, stuck, and disconnected. And it'll involve energy healing. But that's kind of like, if you think of me and everything that I'm interested in, it's deep connection. And with my personal work, it's connection to self. And then with um, my business local spirit, it's connection to people to people, people to place. There's a podcast coming that is connection to all of those things. So it's like having... um, like Dante is going to be one of my uh, speakers. Like he, we've had great conversations. Like we're going to go deep. Like it's going to be connecting to self, but it's also like creating more awareness for a local small business owner. And so it's, you're going to get like both of my worlds together in the podcast. So excited for that. Uh, what do we say, October 23rd or? Yeah, that's what I was just looking up. So yeah, it's going to be I, on this network. Yeah, um, on the Apple Dog uh, Network. October woo, woo. 23rd, I think, <laughs> yep. is your debut date. So Yeah, and funny for, story for about Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. Yeah, for Kyle. <laughs> I have been talking about this podcast for, I mean, years. Michael Yoder will, like, kill me because I've been starting a podcast for literally three years and had the inspiration for this one last November, and I've literally been sitting on it. I've told Kyle about it, and then in his last post, he posted launching this, you know, the yep. fall lineup, and he put a damn date on it. It was the shove. <laughs> it was the shove into the deep end. <laughs> that's exactly. And that's, like, what the podcast is all about. It's called Off the Deep End. <laughs> Because literally that's what my life feels like. If you Google off the deep end, it's like someone who has departed the normal way of thinking and hell, yeah, <laughs> that's like, and I, like, I'm finding so much joy and there's vulnerability li- living in the deep end. But anybody who's an entrepreneur or, I mean, anybody in the world, like we all have instances where we feel like we've been kicked overboard um, or we've jumped. Like in, in the podcast situation, Kyle kicked me out <laughs> into the deep, you know, but sometimes we jump, sometimes we fall. Um, and I want to have conversations around that because I think it's a very human experience. And I think the more we create awareness around other people who are in those moments, the more we kind of celebrate it and yeah. can find the beauty together. And that's, I think, the magic that, I mean, what brings us together is the work we're doing today. And mm-hmm. I, when I was facilitating, I had like an innate ability, I think, to connect with students and and pull something out of them sometimes it was out of the compassionate way that leslie operates and sometimes it was probably out of fear (laughs) give a brief overview quick oh yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so leslie and i have we'll kind of back it up a little bit like we always thought we were meant to work together we we've known each other for what like three or four years yeah worked together on idea week that brought us together Mm -hmm. first but that wasn't like the thing and then it was a major feeling though like i knew iris from idea week we were on the committee together and we've two or three years for that and then it was just this feeling deep down that we're meant to work together on something big and and it didn't feel like idea week was the thing even but though we, it's big yeah, yeah it is big but it yeah. wasn't that it wasn't the thing and so we just have been holding space for that and mm-hmm. not like putting pressure on it but yeah. just being like curious yeah and that's we talk about curiosity with our kids all the time but and talk about timing you know leslie just finished this program that actually gave her the tools to be able to bring them like an actual program to the mindset stuff that I was doing just kind of naturally innately, yeah. but I was really struggling to duplicate it and to be able to train other people to how to do it if it wasn't kind of just an innate part of their operations. And so we work together, Leslie's our lead facilitator for Startup Moxie, and RISE is, it stands for Regional Innovation and Startup Education. So we're, we're building- Which is, a Startup Moxie is up under the RISE umbrella. umbrella. And then we have <laughs> um, Applied Entrepreneurship Program that's under the RISE umbrella. But the last year I've gotten involved pretty heavily downstate in Indianapolis, just working on some policy change so that the entrepreneurial pipeline is open further for K-12 students as well. It as can't be announced yet, but Iris is doing <laughs> really, really I, big I, things. I was told prior to this interview that I'm not allowed to say, but I like toot Iris's, so I am your hype woman. Yeah. I mean, I knew that was coming. Yeah, everyone knew Anywho. this was coming. She's doing really big things, and I cannot wait for when they are able to be shared publicly. Because, so the reality yeah. is, like, Indiana is 44th in the nation right now for producing entrepreneurs and we need to fix that and so I learned through our programs and like who we're able to access and recruit there's a lot of barriers to students self-selecting and looking at entrepreneurship or innovation as a thing that is for them because they're told like in eighth grade or something sometimes they have classes but they're all buried you know deep into the business department and 
And then oftentimes, and no knock on business, because that's an important, I mean, my undergrad was in business, but you know, then it's taught by somebody who's a traditional business teacher. And we know that being an entrepreneur is nothing like going to work for a corporation that already exists. You know, they are two different worlds. Yes, they share some of the same skill sets eventually, but the startup process is is so completely opposite of like the managerial mindset. Um, but yeah, that's what really brought us together is Leslie's innate ability, I think, to to bring out the best in people and remove blocks. That's what I was naturally able to do, but I didn't have a process around it. I didn't have a way to train other people to be able to do it. And now we're working with Ivy Tech to bring entrepreneurship statewide. We're writing, rewriting curriculum with them. We're training their instructors. You know, we're kind of the R&D lab for entrepreneurship education, you know, for Ivy Tech. And then that translates into K-12 policy change. Mm-hmm. And I needed, I needed like training for people yeah. around Well, and a mindset. lot of where Iris and I's conversation goes, because we've like just been friends outside of any type of work, and we do a lot of our own inner work, and we talk about that with each other. And it's this idea, you can teach someone to be an entrepreneur, you can teach a process, you, they can read a book, they can Google it, yeah. but if you as the entrepreneur are not thriving as an individual, your business how successful is your business going to be? Yeah, we. I think what differentiates us 100%, I can say it with confidence, is we focus just as much at transforming the life the of person. the human, the person, in them building confidence in themselves, awareness in themselves, mm-hmm. um, a resourcefulness, kind of my, a, like a, you know, a thrive, they thrive. You know, we try to help each individual student thrive from the place that they come to us with yeah. um, first, because that's really, yeah. really important. And then we teach them the process that a lot of other programs can teach. Yeah. Um, but there is magic in, in the mindset process yep. that it's just, what is so cool, you guys, if you've, connected with any of our students in the past where Leslie has gotten these students in what are we in week four or three I don't even know what week we're in four four it took me I'm not even kidding you first semester like the awareness and what they are picking up on and what we're seeing them apply in their lives daily from you know 7 30 in the morning till nine um it it's blown me away and so the program like having consistency around that mm-hmm. and being super mindful to their, to them, um, it's working. And it's what's so cool is because um, so here I am. I'm 35, and uh, I don't know what it's like to be 17. I it was 17 years ago when I was 17, and so when Iris, I want to back up real quick though. When Iris, we went to um, River St. Joe up in Niles, and it was like Buchanan. when we were or yeah. Buchanan, and we were talking about um, potentially me coming on just as part time to start. Um, And she basically mapped, put in front of me the entrepreneurial process. And I can see it. I've seen it before. And she goes, I want you to take this process and I want you to help mirror what this process would look like, but for self and for mindfulness, for that, for like these students. And y'all, I had a full body, heck yeah. Like it was, I teared up. My entire body just started buzzing. And it was like, for me, I was like, oh, 100%. Like, yes, I'm in. Like, I've never also even... ugly happy cried more <laughs> every day every day because we're so proud of these kids. Oh my gosh, y'all! We in in their like one on ones or in their journal prompts, we've got people who are like realizing, oh my gosh, in order to love those around me, I need to first love myself. And I'm like, I'm reading this crying. I'm like, I'm 35 and figuring this out. Yes. And they're like 17. Iris and I always are geeking out over like. And, and here's where I started with this point. This, like, uh, Iris is lovely to kind of pump me up and, like, how I can pull this out of the students. Y'all, it's not me. Like, I really think it is, I believe that it's within them. It's I agree. Just the, and it's the, not, it's, it's not it's our not program. Us. It's, it's, no. the, it's in every it's the questions they're being yes. asked. It's drawing it out of them. I'm, I'm here. We go with the full body chills yep. because this is We might how, ugly cry. Yeah, we probably <laughs> will ugly cry, but... um. They are these beautiful just creatures that are like so mindful. They just don't even know it sometimes. And it's asking them right questions that literally get it to like, it's not me pulling out of them or us pulling it out of them. They're pulling it out of themselves. And that like, oh, that's what will get me. Like it is so incredible to see them doing some of this like inner work. And then it mirrors the, um, like we, I loved, we watched Simon Sinek, 
the golden circles. If you've ever seen that video, we should link that because it's really cool. Um, but it talks about like companies getting to the why of what they do. And it was so cool. We were able to show that video and help them see how important it is for an organization to lead from that place of why. And they had incredible um, examples Simon gives in that example or in that uh, video. And they were totally getting it because we had just five days prior had them get to their why. Mm -hmm. And they saw that it was hard. Some of them were able to go deep and get to their why immediately, but others observed some struggle. Yeah. And then we were able to pair those two things together and see, do you see now why it's so hard for companies to get to their why when most humans walk around unable to get to their own inner personal why? And yeah. they're like, minds are just blown. And yeah. so it like ties together the importance of why we need to have some inner awareness for ourselves. Um, and then why, like, duh, if you can't do it for yourself, it's going to be so hard because yeah. how are you going to try to do it for a company? Right. And it, like, ties those two things together. And they, I mean, we could have a whole podcast over, like, these kids and how incredible yeah. they are and how deep and, you know, I love talking about mindfulness with some of them because I did little 15-minute one-on-one interviews asking them, like, before we even started, like, what does mindfulness even mean to you? And some of them, you know, are incredibly mindful and it's because and I ask them like how did you know to do that like they're meditating or whatnot and some people have like parents who teach yoga or <clears throat> like some influence in their life some of them are like oh I've just always known to do that I'm like yeah <laughs> it's not been beaten out of you yet it's like that That's, inherent it, knowing yeah I think it's uh such a critical time to instill in them yes. some like formality of this really cool stuff. Give that, them the language to recognize yes. like what is in there and how they're and operating. And how to get unstuck and the tools yeah. that will serve them for the rest of their life. It's like, yeah. my goodness, if I would have had some of these tools when I was 17, I mean, I probably wouldn't, maybe I would have still gone to Alaska and Colorado <laughs> no, and everywhere no, else. No, like, you followed your heart in I all did, those. I did. <laughs> but my God, did I take a lot of flack from my older brother who was like, why aren't you getting a real job yet? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's the beauty of tapping into their individual strengths. And you know what's so crazy? And, like, I guess my lifetime mission, like, I want to be 80, you know, sitting in a small cabin in the woods thinking about how education has possibly changed because we've shown mm. them it can be done differently. Like, when you show up every day to, like, I'm an ugly cry. <laughs> when you show up every day to, like, tap into the gifts of the humans in front of you, and that's your job, and your job isn't to work through a specific curriculum because the state told you to or a test told you to, they will arise to the occasion yeah, that you do. need them to rise to. They will perform well on that test, but you got to show up every day for them first. And that's, like, I love what I get to do because that's what we get to do. Yeah. Like, that's literally our job, and if we're not doing that, we're, you know, not and sticking around to facilitate. It's yeah. giving them the tools to create the life they want to live. Yes. So it's like yeah. what I'm doing on my personal side is working with adults who feel stuck, uh, disconnected, or blocked. These are kids who, like, are at the beginning of, like, actually free choice. Like, they make their yes. small choices throughout the day, but they primarily have had choices made for them. Yeah. They're seniors in high school about to move off, whether they go to college or whatever they're doing where they're gonna own more of that choice. And the thing is, is like, we're here to show them that like, we're not teaching you how to avoid struggle because struggle is inevitable. Like you will encounter struggle, that is life. But what I'm hoping they're gonna take away from this is that struggle does, you don't have to stay in struggle. Mm -hmm. Like struggle is there for us to learn and we're learning tools on how to get ourselves out of it. Yeah. And like trying to get them to tap into this this state of what I like to call flow, but it's their true gifts, unique to the world that they are here to offer. And like, and if there's a structure out there where you feel aligned and you want to go be an entrepreneur from the inside, and you know, if you like that, great. But if there's no structure out there where you feel aligned you through this entrepreneurship it. program and the inner work that they're doing, Go out and create it on your own. Mm -hmm. And we tell them, y'all, like, th there's so much brokenness in this world. Have the eyes to see the brokenness. Pay attention. When something, like, lights you up, whether it's through anger because this is wrong, this shouldn't be that way, or, oh, I just super enjoyed this, like, take note and do something about it. And, like, here's the tools to do it. 
So one question I'd like to ask all the guests. Um, this is going to be the Martin Supermarket question. Uh, you guys shop at Martin's. I know you both. Yes, shop we at do. Martin's. What's your local Martin's? Oh man, mine has has changed. I'm now Southside with the okay. Greenbush. Um, Ooh, I want to try that one. But I hear the cheese wraps are up at Gucci Martin's in yeah. Heritage Square. <laughs> so I'm, I, you, you know, were, did anyone tell you to say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm feeling frisky, I'll go to Gucci Martin's. Yes. Usually it's the Notre Dame one. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the one, the one near Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I have got, like, any type of mayonnaise-based, like, little salad, like, whether it's the broccoli salad with bacon or macaroni. I don't know why, but this summer, I that's my, the Side Street Deli, any macaroni-based, I mean, any mayonnaise-based, like, prepackaged salad, I'm in. All right. Well, here's the Martin's question. Okay. Um. For students listening, high yes. school students, college students, a piece of advice from each of you on if they if they just know they want to create something. So I know you have like a huge <laughs> wealth of knowledge. If you could give them a bite-sized piece of advice. Love yourself and mm. be true to yourself. And everything after that is possible. I'm piggybacking off of like what you think is possible. I think. Ooh, expanders. Yeah. Oh. You like uh having the eyes to see um that truly anything is possible it's not even it's not just knowing that it's believing that and there's so much work that goes into and it does honestly ties back to loving yourself which is hard work by the way yeah <laughs> this stuff isn't easy <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, um <laughs> that's not mine was not a very coherent thought but it would be um just Letting people know that I, I truly believe there is a way of living life where you are you feel so connected, um, utilizing your gifts. It's hard work finding it, uh, but once you do, it's like you'll fight to do anything to kind of keep that, that and stay in that alignment. It's uh, and it's totally possible. Yeah, and I I have this tagline: uh, freedom, flow, and life on the go. That's my new like. And my, my motto. family family motto is freedom and impact. And is it really? So we really align on freedom, freedom. and flexibility. And yep. that is like the like we are both like how many jobs? How many things are you doing right now? How many jobs? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I have like five. Yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. So, but we tell our kids like yeah, like I work every day and I have five different jobs or projects that I'm working on. I freaking love them all. Like yeah. I don't feel like I have any job. Because I'm so in flow doing what I love. That's that's another little soundbite is do what you love and invite others to join. Yeah. If we lived in a world, y'all, where everyone just did what they loved and invited people to join, what would our, like, our world would look drastically different. Uh, would we even would need so, money? People would be We'd, so We'd, like, happy be bartering work. and, like, eating foods from the gardens and, you know, like, we might not even need money. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I I like to think about that sometime. What would that what would the world look like? Awesome. You wanna do some answer the internet questions? Yes. Kyle, I feel like we're like Sorry. you don't even like what My husband did tell us one night on the rooftop deck that we should just be a podcast. I and not to plug off the deep end again, but I, yeah. I think uh I, think, I know. I think it'll go pretty well. I know. And we, we've talked about, like, having Iris uh, come in, too, for Off the Deep End. Because yeah. these conversations, like, they're That'll just... that be really good. Yeah. Okay. So, go questions. Yep. Well, I think the first question that people want to know is, do you still have a knife in your purse? No, I do not. <laughs> I do not. I Probably other random items, but nothing sharp. Uh, do we have to tell them why? No swore, swords or daggers. No. Or <laughs> no. Uh, it was for cake cutting. Last time I was here, Kyle uh -huh. surprised yeah. me. Cake with <laughs> <laughs> with what's the contents of your purse and I did have a knife it was serrated and it was for yeah it was for um slicing the <laughs> I threw a birthday party at the winter amnesty program and I you're winking right now I, so I don't <laughs> not intentionally I think no. I'm, I'm nervous twitching <laughs> and now you're still winking like the knife was for something else so Stop. <laughs> All right. I uh, teach high schoolers we can't have <laughs> So I've asked Leslie this. Iris, have you been stuck in an elevator before? Uh, no, I okay. have not. It's Kyle's deal. biggest fear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't ride elevators. Oh. Well, when I had to go uh, speak to the Applied Entrepreneurship Program, yes. they're in the Gibson. <laughs> oh, yes. Did you take the elevator? I did. I wasn't pleased. Oh. <laughs> you did? Yeah, especially like we got there, and it's, it's the first thing in the morning. 
So yeah. it's like, you get there and he's like, oh, yeah, Matthew, nobody's around to help yeah, you. Matthew's like, we got to wait sucked. for somebody to turn the elevator on. It's like, turn the elevator on. What? It's like, <laughs> Who turns it off? Who turns it <laughs> yeah. off? It's like when I was in Alaska, people asked me, when do they let the animals out? It's, well, a, it's yeah. a million acre park. We're not collecting them. There's not like a gate so, you can go watch. <laughs> speaking of Alaska, did you read Into the Wild or see the movie? No, did that have no, anything to do with it? No and no. I'm no? too old. I, uh, that came out after, I'm, I'm 40, and I think that came after I, I went to I think the book Alaska. was probably mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, and I You're not that old. I, like I didn't see the movie. We were far yeah, and doing things. You were too I busy. probably you should watch the movie. <laughs> I, you may end up moving. I think back. I I think I have now okay. watched the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it yeah it looks. I mean that is how it looks. When okay. you're was anybody <laughs> chased by a moose in that? I like. I just he kind was of chased by something. I don't. So probably I was a bear. To go to if, by the way, August. for all oh, your yeah. listeners, can I give you a tip on moose chasing? Yeah, or I just saw a moose in Utah a couple weeks ago. Here's the deal: you zigzag because they will follow your path. They will follow your path, and they are clumsy, and they can't turn. Wait, will they chase? They will chase. They will mur- They will kill you. This mama moose and her two calves, she always brought them to around where the people were, and I was hiking on this shortcut trail to get to, like, where the little town thing was, and she had a reputation for, like, mauling and, like, I wish I would have known harming this. people. I get as close as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you, yes, do not do that. <laughs> yes. Well, don't do that. Zigzag. And once you get out of their territory, they will literally stop on a dime. They will, like, Weird. put the brakes on and will not continue to chase you. So I was supposed to go to, we were supposed to go to Alaska in August. Had to reschedule, obviously. Going to go next summer. Do you have any advice for going to Alaska? Going uh, to Anchorage. Mosquito. Nets are a key. Okay. Um, if you have some time and can ride the train from Anchorage to Denali, the open where it's like glass roof train, cool. you will never see more beautiful countryside. Um, bear spray. Bear spray. I honestly had Is there bear a moose spray. I had bear spray for the people. This is gonna sound terrible, but there's some scary, scary things happening in Alaska. Truly, with bad, (laughs) bad things happen. No, truly, like there's statistics on rape and horrible, like things. Does bear spray repel people? Well, I mean, if I sprayed you with a bear spray canister, well, I don't even know what it's like—a giant thing of pepper pepper spray. spray. So, what years were you in Alaska? uh, Let's see. I graduated college in 2004. It was there. It was the year of the really bad wildfires up in like north oh. of Fairbanks because we were still running tours into the park, and our tour company that we partnered with like would not reimburse these elderly people mm. who were literally told don't go into the park because of the smoke. Yeah. So it was awful. So were you? I just realized. Can I tell the listeners that I did pick my business back up? Local Spirit is alive, and it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, like, I just realized that I never, I said I set my business down. Oh, yeah, but it's back up. But it's back up in it. You a, did pick it back up. In it. Yeah. I did pick the business back up, and I pivoted in a way that now feels scalable. So, yes. sorry. We should get back to that, totally. I, we don't have to talk about Alaska. I don't even know. How no, I, that, here, this is more fun. I just didn't. I'll say, I just read a, a book called American Predator about the serial killer in Alaska. Oh, you like no. serial killers. Big serial when killer When is the guy. um yeah. one coming back that we've seen? I have bad news for you. <gasps> Was it not renewed? I don't think it was renewed. We didn't know the BTK killer. Like, that didn't... I, I can tell you everything you want to know about the BTK I killer. I know, but that never, like, progressed. Um, what was I that? heard on another podcast it wasn't... Uh, there was a show that the three of us, not together, watched. They watched it. I watched it. Um, I don't know. It seems unclear. It was called Mindhunters. Mindhunters, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good show. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything, last tips for Alaska... When you are out on the hiking trail, just be making a lot of noise and be watchful. Because if you do come across, you know, bears and cubs, you wanna you wanna be loud and alert them. Yeah, but watch honestly, watch some safety videos. Truly, like that saved saved my butt on the on the moose (laughs) thing. No, like I literally literally the day before because in order to get a backcountry backpacking permit, you have to watch certain safety videos. Yeah, and And these aren't ones that you turn on. Now this isn't a thing where like people that know Alaska like you tell tourists to zigzag so you can laugh. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. It saved my life. Seriously. Never been more scared. How in my wide life. were your zigzags? You I know was, what I mean. I, I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, just were you making adrenaline? Any, 
any I was like north south? No, no. No, no. I was I was going I don't know what direction I was going, but I was like making long horizontal Okay. Bends. I was worried you were just going back Through and forth. I know cuz if they're too long, could the moose pick up speed and jump yeah, you? Yeah, you got to I mean, you got a zag. Yeah. I mean, you got and your adrenaline will mostly just take over, but like zigzag out of there, just zigzag yeah. out. Like Get, just get far away. away. Get away and they will stop. Okay. Um, but yeah, make noise out on the trail. My girlfriend, Erin, is probably just cringing when she hears this <laughs> because she is a, I mean, she's an incredible hiking family in Alaska. Um, but yeah, make a lot of noise. Watch safety videos. It saved me from the moose. I wouldn't have known to do that. I literally yeah. watched it the day before. You might not be here today. I might not be. Would you rather change genders every time you sneeze or not be able to tell the difference between a donut and a baby? Oh, these questions. This is crazy. He always has that. Okay. The difference between a donut and or a baby. change. Say that again. The first one. You would change genders every time you sneeze, or not tell the difference between a donut and a baby. Oh my God! Well, that would mean no more donuts for me. You'd have to you play it safe. Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat. You can't eat if you're a multiple a sneezer, that could get a little prob- problematic too. I'm a very loud multiple sneezer. I mean, everybody so you'd just be would flying know. Back and forth. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with Donut and Baby. Okay. I don't have kids. If I did have kids, it's only while they're a baby. Yeah. So at some point, they're going to grow out of that. So you just lovingly care for a donut or a or baby. baby. <laughs> yeah. Without just eating it. Safe. It is kind of weird that <laughs> there's <laughs> stores with babies in glass cages. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> but I have the chocolate-covered uh, I'm going baby, baby and donut, too. Okay. Yeah. Because, Yeah. I think it'd be in the long run. Nobody's less angry confusing. at a baby. Nobody's angry at a donut. Yeah, no, no, and we never. don't have kids, so I'm yeah. Like... Can a guy use a gift card on a first date? Huh. I yeah. Really I don't really thought about that. Yeah. I don't discriminate. That's. I don't know. It's been so. long. I don't date. I mean, I just haven't. I haven't long time. <laughs> but if you did a gift first card, date. You, yeah, you wouldn't bat an eye. No, I wouldn't even think of it. It wouldn't even register on me as a thing to think about. What if he Unless, was, like, real bravado about it? He's, like, nailed it and put down the gift card. Uh, well, so here's the thing. Here's the layer to that question that needs clarifying. Depending on if they were douchey or not, like, <laughs> I would judge the yeah. gift card and use that as evidence for the douchebaggery. So but if they were super cool. So you would was already there. It, yes. Yeah. yeah. It would, I love that. I wouldn't even notice it if they were, like, super cool and we were having Charming a great time. And, yeah. And, Gift card would pop up on my radar, but if I was like, and then he used the gift card, <laughs> it would definitely yeah. come up. I, I don't have anything to top okay. that. That's incredible. Would you rather be hairless or never be able to cut your hair? Hairless. Hairless for sure. I don't cut my, I haven't, I just was chatting through DMs with my hairdresser. I get my hair done like once a year and I was like, oh, I guess it's time to go in. Every six weeks. Yeah. Oh, wait. Really? Yeah. Every six weeks. I was traumatized as a child with my hair, and I don't mess around anymore. Wait, hold on. I don't think I'm answering that question correctly. Would you rather be bald or never be able to cut your hair? Never be able to cut my hair. Oh, okay. Sorry. So you just, you can never cut it again. Oh. (laughs) I'm saying until you die. You're bald until you die, or you're not cutting it until you die? Well, there's some really cool wigs out there. And I took hair to mean all hair. Okay. So okay. I'm glad just so, like everything. So I'm like, so hairless. You have no eyebrows. <laughs> yes. I don't care. Like, other people are going to be in the same boat. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, maybe I we can sneak the eyebrows back in. You yeah. Keep eyebrows. <laughs> Would you rather fight 100 duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? Oh, hold on. Ugh. So you have a hundred horses that are small like ducks, <laughs> or one duck big like a horse. Like My Little Ponies. Uh, I think that, I think that duck-sized horses are less terrifying than ducks right now. So, like a horse that's as small as a duck would be less terrifying to me than like. What's the other? What's the second one? A duck that's the size of a real horse. Yeah. Could you like, imagine? Okay, like a I'm gonna go with that one. In here right now. You're gonna yeah, fight. But, so here's the thing. Like, I haven't you seen like? Duck. Yeah, but. Like the little guys can overwhelm you, and like they. But can they would all... be little horses. They'd be little horses. <laughs> but but if they're attacking, them. just pawn them. Like yeah, are we like are these little My Little Pony horses, or is this a fight? And you're like they're coming to attack. I don't know how a horse attacks, but I, I'm, 
they ki- I guess they could kick you, but yeah, you. But like, think yeah, of, like, sore think of what we've seen. Like, I'm, I'm going purely off of the movies, but like people who get brought down by a lot of little things versus like if I can get my eyeballs on one big, but like, a horse-sized <laughs> duck. That's terrifying. With uh, yeah, I can see myself running Imagine up at it, doing it. some like. Juke moves, some zigzags. We gotta get these moves on video. And then swinging back. I can, I can see it. I can, I got my hand around the neck and I swing myself up <laughs> on back, land the and like you take saddle. Off, like, never and ending story. Yes, and we're gonna be flying. friends like Falcor. Falcor? 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 This is like the meme where it's like what I think I look like when I'm going Yes, hundred percent. Swing it on, <laughs> and I will ride the damn duck like a horse. <laughs> And With fly off into the distance. Well, there we go. Waiting outside, we have a, a horse-sized duck. Just for yes. you. Let's try. Um, I'll go viral I'm taking on the TikTok. Little ones. Yeah. I'm taking the mini horses. Take, take you to decide what to wear. Yeah. Oh, two minutes. Whatever's clean. Okay. Whatever's on my like closest. Like right now, I have depends on what moved. I gotta do that day. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've gotten so low maintenance in my 30s. I literally like maybe 90 seconds, and it's whatever's on. Closest. It's probably on the floor. I have a lot of black, blue, and gray clothes. (laughs) And they all go together. (laughs) Both of us are wearing that. What's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Hmm. You were in Colorado Springs. You have Rocky Mountain oysters? No, but my, oh my God. So I I was a child traumatized by a Rocky Mountain (laughs) oyster story. They're pretty good. Oh my gosh. I did not know what these were. Because they look like chicken strips. My dad has a hired hand, and <laughs> she, she, she was like, We're going to make Rocky Mountain oysters today. And I'm oh, like, you had to put your hands on them. We had to go collect oh, the Rocky Mountain that's oysters yeah, that's to be able to then make the Rocky and Mountain you, oysters. You, and there's a tool. There's a tool that they use. It's horrible. And I did not eat it, and I won't eat it. Ever. What if you just get it like in its chicken strip looking format? I think I would be way no too way. scarred. No way. Seeing how. Oh. I ran away as a small child and <laughs> I thought we were eating fish. I thought this was a fish dish. I was like 10. Rocky Mountain oysters. Yes. <laughs> this is There's all kinds of oysters in the Rockies. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Oh. I was 10. Yes. I oh, I, that's terrifying. Oh, no. And I can't honestly think of anything. I mean, I've probably eaten bugs and like some like crickets, maybe. Yeah, like you know. I was also ten when I had an experience. Like a lot of people eat beef tongue, like. I don't. I wouldn't say a lot, but okay. (laughs) I don't think that's like super weird. But I was at a sushi restaurant and they had um, hibachi. They were like on their grill, and um, we had beef tongue. And y'all, I'm (laughs) ten. I don't know why I thought about this. Like, I clearly I wasn't making out with anybody at 10, but I remember eating the beef tongue Where and are we going? feeling <laughs> the taste buds. It was like I felt like oh, I was kissing gross. a cow. I was like, what? I, I couldn't finish it. But you know it was so like the crazy? taste buds of the tongue. You know what's so I, crazy? is like I'm a risk taker in life, but not in food. Oh. I never really thought about that. Till this like point. if Mine someone... because you went out to chop nuts at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Turned into a big problem. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Truly, yeah, and I'll I grew up in the, and I grew up in the Midwest. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I grew up in a very rural community in Western Wisconsin. Not a lot of diversity. That takes farm to table to a whole new. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. I I had named those those animals world. as children. Like they were oh. my pets. I mean, not even taking the <laughs> taking the food and eating out of it. The fact that you had to collect I it. I did. I did that part. I, like, I they oh. wanted me there. I was supposed to carry the bucket around. Oh, <laughs> just drop it on. How, how's the collection process go? I'm not. I can't. It, like, I didn't stick around. It's not just like her one of her knives, and he just. <laughs> no, it's like this. It's like this grip tool pull slicer oh. thing. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. I can't. Seven, seven, I can't five. imagine anybody listening to this is like. Well, I don't know. Mm. What's the longest car ride you've taken? Ooh, like in one stint or like broken up? I drove to Texas point in one day. In one day? So that was straight through? And twice, like Motor- in a 36-hour, in a, in a I had to drive to Texas, switch cars, and drive back. I drove straight through when I moved back to Wisconsin from Colorado. I drove straight, okay. like straight through myself. What's that? Motorcycle ride out to California, though. Ooh, that sounds awesome. From I love road trips. You never did the drive to Alaska? Did not though somebody from Texas did. What drove from Texas to Alaska? One of our like oh, my cool. coworkers up there did that drive. 
Motorcycle or just car? Okay. Yeah. Um, would you rather live in Jumanji or Jurassic Park? <gasps> Ooh, I love both. Uh, You're dead in either one. Keep that in mind. No, haven't you seen the Jumanji sequels? I think Jumanji. Oh, okay. I love. You don't have, like, The Rock there, though. Yeah, it, I've got Leslie you. Pinson. Yeah. yeah, I don't need well, The Rock. you don't know what character you will. I think what Jumanji because Robin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I'm going to get to run into him. So Jumanji all the way because of Robin Williams. Oh, man, I like them both. But uh, dinosaurs are more, like, reptilian, and I don't do well with reptiles. But it is really pretty. Well, so is Jumanji in the last one. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go Jumanji because it's more fun, it sounds like. There's always an adventure awaiting. Yes. I feel like you could hide and it's from gamified. The you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a game to it. Uh-huh. Jurassic Park is, like, just getting eaten. Survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just hide. I was almost on um, Survivor. Well, kind of. What? <laughs> How can you well, almost, well, kind of be on Survivor? <laughs> so, I, in reality, I was almost on Amazing Race. Yeah. Well, and, and it was one of my girlfriends. We had just tried out for Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. We didn't make it. But we submitted a video for um, Amazing Race. Could you imagine if you and I went on Amazing Race? Oh, we'd kill it. Oh, we my should God. submit a video because we have so much time. <laughs> Are they still doing that? I don't know. I think post COVID, every show is coming back from the dead. Even shows yeah. that are canceled. Yeah. Huh. But we, all, we got a call back and they wanted us to fly to LA for interviews. So I don't know like what round we were, but like we were flying to LA and she backed out because of her job and she quit the job a month later oh, i'm like man. what like it was that important to you <laughs> um but because of that my producer was like okay you don't have a teammate can can i put you on survivor would you do survivor and i was like hell no like, <laughs> i'm not going into like no that's not leslie does not thrive in with reptiles and no food Ooh, no <laughs> all right so the last question is going to be a two-parter the first one is <clears throat> your favorite food if you could just pick one <sighs> hate the question okay and then then well i need to hear that first because it needs to be real oh favorite food i just can it oh like i guess if uh, i like i only like could, i'd maybe say like crab legs or i guess you could say sh shellfish i mean i have a love affair with the spice cinnamon <laughs> like if I could only just live with one itself. one thing to consume for the rest Are of my life. Are you a Seinfeld fan? Um, I can't I can't claim that. I do enjoy Seinfeld. There's a whole bit in a show where he just talks up cinnamon and how undervalued. Oh it my is. god! It's like whenever I someone says this cinnamon. is good, what's in it? It's always cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um. That can count. It can yeah. be cinnamon. All right. All right. Cinnamon. Y'all, I just love all food. This one is so hard. Um. Doesn't even have to be favorite, just one that you really like. I love avocados. avocados. Oh, mm -hmm. me too. So, what's the price tag to give up cinnamon, to give up avocados for life? How big does that check have to be? Hmm. Does, ten, does ten grand do it? Fifty. Mm -mm -mm. Like, and this is assuming we get that money. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> I would take. I don't know your angle on that. I would, I would take 150 grand to give up cinnamon because okay. that would get me completely out of uh, all student of my loans debt. and debt. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, that would literally pay off everything so else. That, yes. No cinnamon. Yes. All right. Done. I mean, sky's the limit. We're getting this money. I'm gonna put five million. So if someone offered you 4.9, you wouldn't do it? No, I'd say, yeah, hell yeah. So what's, so what's the lowest the minimum, amount? The minimum to give up avocados for oh. life. Ah. It's got to be worth it. I keep, I'm missing the angle on this so one. <laughs> no guac, no avocado. I mean, I know. anything avocados. I'm going to stay hard on 5 million. So 4.9, you're saying no. Okay, 4.9. 4.8? Damn it, Kyle. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what you're doing. 1 million? 1 million? Um, 1 million dollars. To never have an avocado. <laughs> Okay, fine. I was opportunistic, trying to get more money out of it. Uh, let's to say. To be clear, I'm not writing you a check. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. The avocado lobby group might <laughs> come calling though. Fine. Let's just say two fifty. Okay. Two thousand. All right. Two hundred. Two hundred. I, I need it. Not two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> I go from not five million to two hundred and fifty thousand. You're a tough negotiator, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Um, let's wrap up. Um, Iris, why don't we have you plug Rise? Yeah. Leslie, you plug Off the Deep End, and we'll wrap up that way. <clears throat> yeah, RISE stands for Regional Innovation and Startup Education. Woo -woo! We are a nonprofit that specializes in entrepreneurship education programs, workshops, curriculum, train the trainer. Um, we just get to geek out on entrepreneurship, basically, all day long. Changing lives. Um, off the Deep End, launching October 23rd. And this episode will be the 26th, so it'll be live for three days by the time people hear this. So yeah. go download Off the Deep End. Yes, go yes. download it now. Um, this one, I'm really excited. In the first episode, I'll share. This was actually uh, inspired by a vision that I had. I literally was. I felt like I was kind of given this vision, and everything is coming from there. But it is this incredible way that I think we can live life. And so I'm going to create a platform to have conversations with people who are kind of living in the deep end or have found themselves in the deep end at some point in their life. Um, and hopefully creating community around, you know, all of that, the fear of the unknown, vulnerability, um, that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, and what are some tools? Like when you're living in the deep end, like that's hard work. Um, so what are some tools that people kind of can use collectively and really tapping into creative flow I want to chat with people like when do you feel like you're in flow and what does that look like for you um, and I'll give like a little example I just discovered like maybe a month ago that ecstatic dance like just no just loud music and just moving around arms flailing that gets me tapped into creative flow instantly and so it's like this way that you can kind of hijack your system and it works for me, but uh, to the point where I have to hold my phone because I'm getting so much inspiration and so many answers to the questions that I've been asking that I have to like write it all down. So I think it's fascinating to hear from other creators and I think we're all here to be creators. So um, yeah, vulnerability, creative flow, uh, fear of the unknown, out in the deep end, kind of living life in the wild. And that's going to be... Um, <clears throat> offthedeependpod.com. I don't know if you know that yet. It'll be okay. offthedeependpod.com. <laughs> and then Startup Mo start Moxie's Moxie in the Making, um, what, Raising the Region. Yep, Raising the Dread and Applied Entrepreneurship, uh, Entrepreneurship.org. Got it. And my local spirit vibes.com should be good to go by October 26th. Well, now you've just put yourself in another deadline. So. It, yeah. it, it is good to go. It is okay. good to go. Yeah. Right. Localspiritvibes.com. That's what I'm doing with my business that I picked up. Okay, and everybody remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe, download, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do all the little tricks to self and beat. And uh, thanks to Martin Supermarkets. They have groceries on the go now, so you can just order online and get it ready to rock. And Leslie, Iris, thank you for your thank time. You. Thanks, you guys. Do we have any music? There will be in the show. <laughs> That's my, like, go-to. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Both hands. <laughs> We've been breaking out in uncontrollable giggles a lot. Oh lately. yeah, man. Our, <laughs> our nine o'clock work. <laughs> yeah. Nine o'clock work calls. <laughs> nine p.m. Usually. Or rollerblading. <laughs> out of breath. We'll add all this banter to the end. The outtakes. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down for my set. I give everybody a piece of this and I make you what's left. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.